Hey everybody, welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen, and as usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you for being here, tuning in, downloading, however you taking my podcast. I appreciate it. Welcome. If you're new, welcome. This is it. This is my podcast. It's like 20, 30 minutes. Uh, I talk about the different things that are going on in my life, news stories, whatever's on my mind, that's what I like to talk about. So, welcome to Negro Please Radio. Um... Well, I guess I'll jump right in. For those who don't know, uh, we have a 10-year-old son. His name is Miles, and I like to talk about the different things that are going on in his life. Sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small, sometimes it's nothing. He's still at my parents' house. Um, He's having a great time. He's really fitting in with the family. My mom said he's doing great. Uh, Just the other day, he hopped in the car with my sister after she came and picked her kids up. And without even asking, just, just went over there. Spent the day with the kids. My mom came back to my sister's house, picked him up. But uh, that, even though he didn't ask, that made my mom feel good that he felt comfortable enough just to hop in the car with my sister. But we had to tell him, like, hey, man, you just can't be leaving the house without asking anybody. But, uh, well, she knew he was gone, but he didn't ask if he could go over there. He just he just hopped in the car. She was like, all right, well, I guess you're coming over. But uh, so... He uh he texted me the other night. He goes, I'm so exhausted. I'm tired. I'm I'm not at home. I'm at Auntie Danielle's house. And I go, Well, is uh is Nana coming to pick you up or Auntie uh Auntie is uh T O Eddie gonna bring you home? He goes, No, Nana is here. She just been talking to Auntie Danielle for ten minutes. And I mean, as soon as he said that, my mind just got flooded with those old memories of being a kid and having my mom tell us, all right, get y'all stuff on. It's time to go. We about to leave. Especially like in the wintertime in Rochester because where I grew up, it is cold as shit. Really, really, really cold. Lake effects, no. I mean, I'm talking 20 below, 30. It gets cold as shit in the wintertime in upstate New York. And I'm a kid. I got two little sisters, so I'm trying to help them put their shit on. And, of course, Kelly, the littlest one, she wanted to wear the snowsuit. So I got to get her back in the snowsuit. She started crying because her arm get caught up or her, her leg get caught up. She won't stomp down to put her boots on. So even helping them get ready is an ordeal. If you got siblings, we all been kids. If you grew up anywhere where there's cold, you know what it's like when it's, when it's wintertime and you got little brothers and sisters and you got layers of shit to put on. It could take a while. And I remember doing this. The crying, getting the jackets, accidentally zipping her chin up in it. You know, just just the whole mess of everybody getting dressed. And then like, get, get everybody dressed. And, yo, we have on so much shit that you can't even really sit down. You So you just got to stand there. And I remember countless times of get y'all stuff on. We about to go. I spent all this time. Get ready. We standing here. Snoo- uh, snowsuit, hat, gloves, boots, scarf, earmuffs. And we're just standing there like a starfish ready to go. And my mom just keep bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Her and her friends just yapping. Or my aunt just keep talking and yapping and yapping. And after an hour, she'd be like, oh, yeah. Man, take that stuff off. We ain't about to leave. I'm like, are you serious? You said put our stuff on and go wait by the door. 
We've been down here standing at the door for 45 minutes. Then we take our stuff off, and as soon as we get it all up, all right, put that, put that stuff back. What y'all doing? Put that stuff back on. We about to go. I'm like, for real? Now we got to do the shit all over again. She crying, zip her chin up, get the boots on. So when I, when I saw the 10 minutes, I, I was like, hey, man, you in for a ride. That, that, it is what it is. It just, that, that brought back so many memories, man. I, our parents did not respect our time. Like, we didn't have time. We were just on their time. It's just, you're a kid, you don't have a say, and I'm going to have y'all waiting. I guess that's why the military really wasn't that bad is because you already get treated like shit. <laughs> but you do get three square meals a day and a place to sleep. <laughs> but there is no talk back. And uh, you just shut up and do what you're told, and it's a bunch of hurry up and wait. So that's that's why it was easy for me. And then you remo- here's the thing: you remove the fear of someone actually hitting you. So in a way, the military is just a little less scary because now people can't put their hands on you. <laughs> yeah, but it was just funny listening to him complain about my mom taking a long time. I wanted to be like, bro, we, I've been there. I've, uh, in the summertime when I was like 14, 15, my mom worked around the corner from the house. So she would go, hey, I'm going to come back around here around uh, 11, 30, 12. If y'all ready, if you and Jermaine ready, uh, my cousin, I'll take you out to the mall. Cool. So me and Jermaine, maybe Daryl, a couple other dudes, we get ready. My mom, beep, we all run out. She would. Take us to the Aronacoy Mall, which is now closed. Actually, I think they turned into some um, apartment buildings or some type of workspaces or whatever. But she would uh, she would drop us off at the mall and she would go, hey, I'll be back at five. All right. Cool. And that's when we would do our mall perusing, you know, your two for two twenty two. You would go to um, was it, what was that store called? Coda. You had the little matching outfits. You can get two for 30, two for forty five, whatever it was. Go to merry go round. Uh, go to the toy store a few times, you know, see if a, a, a few cute girls you would, you know, try to talk to, you know, you would see what, oh, they, they in this store, you would wait outside for them and then they would leave and then you would pussy out and then go the other way and then see them later on and finally get rejected. But that was, that was my teenage years, man. Just going to the wall, mall, walking around, playing video games, eating burgers, trying on shit that we weren't going to buy. Just having everybody at the store worry that we was going to either fight or steal some shit. But uh, but she would go, I'm going to pick y'all up at five. You have no idea how many times I just ended up walking home from the mall. Which, when I'm 15, 16, it's not a big deal. But still, don't say you're going to pick us up and then not pick us up. There were a few times, I mean, my mother left us at the mall all day. All day. Hey, mom, we ready to go. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm on my way. Meet me at the food court entrance. Use my last quarter to call. I, I've i been escorted out of the mall because, hey, man, we're, we're closing. Like, I've been at the mall for nine hours before. Nine hours. And then I walk out, and my mom is just laughing in the car because she left me and my friends there all day. So, yeah, man, it's just welcome to having <laughs> my mom – uh it just brought back a lot of memories man that that of us just of us just getting left 
They just didn't give a fuck. Yeah, he'll be all right. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> he has no idea, man. He has he has no idea. He thinks my mom is just the nicest person. <laughs> she is cool, man, but god damn, she did not care about our time at all. Um, all right. Uh switching gears here. The NBA season has finally come to an end. Shout out to the Denver Nuggets for being the 2023 NBA champions. Uh, I got to say, man, Jokic did not look like he was interested in any other celebrations at all. Uh, I mean, the champagne thing just kind of dribbled out. He just did the shaking thing, and the the champagne kind of just dribbled out. It looked like a 40-year-old dude just trying to nut, and it's just like, nah. It ain't gonna shoot out like it was like it used to. It's just kind of just, it just kind of like just breaches the rim and just dribbles down the side of the bottle. That's just, that's it. That's what you're getting at 43. You're not you're not shooting loads across the uh, across the room. All right. There's no more pulling out. It's just like oh my bad. It got in your hair. Not not the hairs down there. The hairs on your head. Or you accidentally shoot the wall. Nah man. You're shooting yourself at, at in your forties. That's what that shit looked like. Uh I gotta give a shout out to, to Miami, man. They did their thing, man. They 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 really did. But Jokic, man, that guy, unbelievable. Unbelievable how good that dude is. Um I remember like uh our Arvidas, Arvidas Sabonis back in the day when he played for uh the 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 Trailblazers. And he came over to the NBA when he was when he was older. I want to say he had to be, he had to be in his mid thirties when he came into the league. Let's see, Sabonis, nineties NBA, nineties NBA. Arvidas Sabonis. Let's see. I'm gonna look it up. Early career, Real Madrid, Portland Trail Blazers. All right. Uh, after ninety, all right. He he came to the league in ninety four, ninety five. Let's see. The first league of Super Bowl ninety eight. Because I want to let me. I'm a, I'm gonna take my time. Actually, here it is. He came over in ninety five, ninety six. But what's crazy is, this is what's crazy about this dude. He got drafted in 1985, and he, he just couldn't. They, okay, then he got drafted again by the Portland Trailblazers in 86. But for some, whatever, it used to be weird back in the day. It was hard for some of these dudes to get over here. So he what was, when was he born? He was born in 64. And he came over to the league in what ninety five, so he was almost yeah thirty. Okay, there there we go. Yeah, he was almost thirty when he came into the NBA, and he played. How many seasons did he play? God damn it, it doesn't say career. Da, 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 da. All right, he played in the NBA for about eight or nine years. Okay, so he played. All right, so. It wasn't as bad as I remembered. But as a kid, when I'm 15, when I'm 15, 30 seems old as shit. And then you come into the league. Yeah, so I kind of fit. Yeah, he did miss about six or seven years. 
of a, yeah, younger years of playing in the NBA. But I was blown away at this dude. I remember as a kid being blown away at uh, how great this guy was as a passer and, a, and he could shoot the ball. You know, this is a time where, like, big men really didn't do all that type of shit. It was power. Yeah, some hook shots and all that kind of stuff. But that dude's – his court vision, the way he, uh, he he could pass the ball, uh, he just wasn't – he was not as athletic as everybody else, but he was just doing different shit. And I remember my dad going, see, like, look at this dude. Look how good this guy is. Look, look at these passes. I just remember being blown away, even at that age, at the skill level of European players. And then it was even more prevalent because not many uh, – it, it just the league was very American. You had a few Europeans here and there. Uh, but, man, uh, he's the last well, – Dirk. But Dirk Dirk is a little different. Dirk is not the same as uh, as Jokic. He's, he's not the same. Uh, Dirk was a great scorer, but, I mean, as far as, like, the court vision, the passing, uh, the low post game, the trickery, all that type of stuff – it's just uh yeah yeah uh, uh Dirk Dirk is on a different diff, different beast something we had never seen before. I feel like we kind of seen a little bit of this with uh, Jokic before, but it's just it's upgraded, man. And uh Jokic is a great player to watch. Rosby a lot of Sabonis. Uh Sabonis his son plays in the league. Um don't really I haven't really watched his son play as much DeMontis Sabonis. I haven't really seen a lot of him. But I mean, coming from that stock, that he has to be a baller. You you can't come from that stock and not be a uh, not be a baller. And I remember too, it was funny because for some reason, Arvidas Sabonis kind of reminded me of Ray Liotta. He had a Ray Liotta kind of look to him, and I just remember thinking like, this looks like the dude from Goodfellas. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Shout out to Miami, man. They 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 did the thing. Uh, for AC to make it to the finals is is pretty crazy. Not the same team, but it kind of reminds me of when Iverson took that Sixers team. I want to say they played the Lakers, and I can't remember what year it was. I, I'm not I'm not good at that. My my cousin can can tell you all of the uh, AFC NFC championship matchups and uh, Western and Eastern Eastern Conference semifinals finals from. 95 up until now like but i i just to me that's just useless information to keep in your brain it's just like i could look that shit up i don't need to recite that um but um i think i think this uh this miami team is is way better than that sixers team but uh it just kind of remind me of that where like you see everybody love iverson everybody likes jimmy butler people love the miami heat they they're they're more of a like a team team and I'm not saying the other teams aren't, but it's just something about Miami. It's just they don't have a lot of star power, and I I, I really feel like it's it's a true team effort, uh, the, the that underdog thing going for them. And I, I love that shit, man, especially in pro sports because all these all these guys are phenomenal players. They're they're all so good, and to see a, a, a underdog an underdog do what they did is is so much fun, man. I love watching that. I, I love in sports when an away team can come into a city and shut down an entire stadium or arena. I, I love that. It's just it's just something about, I mean, I don't care what sport it's in. Baseball, when you got 
you the you the underdog. You coming in from out of town, and you just blast a fucking four hundred foot home run, and you just silence an entire stadium, or a dagger three, a go up bucket, uh, an interception, a pick six, and you just you just deject an, an entire city, and you just get to walk out and get on a plane and just leave as. Hundreds of thousands of people want you dead. <laughs> I think there's just something so dope about that shit. Where like you just you you're on a flight Monday morning, and you just know every local sports guy in Philly or Phoenix or New York. They're talking about. Did you see the game last night? Did you see what happened? And everybody is going to work like I can't believe they lost. Can you believe that dude hit that shot? Can you believe that pick six? Can you believe that home run? It's just something about that. I, I, just, I just love, I, I love that shit so much, man. I, I love local sports stuff. That's one of uh, one of my favorite things, and I'm not even a big college football person. Uh, it's so funny now because I, I drive so much now, uh, but when I lived in Ohio, I didn't really drive a whole, whole lot. Everything was pretty close. And I remember I used to love listening to, like, the local, um, like, uh, OSU football uh, radio uh, shows in the morning just listening to how people are really affected by these games people really get into it uh and it, it was just it was just it was just fun man and i used i remember thinking like damn i really wish i had just a little bit longer drive to work so i could hear a little bit more of this but uh yeah now i'm like uh driving all the goddamn time before i was begging for a little bit longer drive now i wish i didn't have to drive so goddamn much um but yeah, man, it was uh, it was a good run. Shout out to Jimmy Butler, the whole squad, Bam out of Bayou. Uh, maybe I don't. They couldn't have won it with Tally Hero, but it would it would have been interesting to see if they could have pulled out a couple more games. Uh, yeah, with an eight seed like that, man, you did you just know a lot of shit had to go right for y'all. There were some lucky nights, and there were some nights where y'all just tr- straight up just outplayed the other team, and just going on the run like that is is, is pretty dope. You know, they, they at least got what one game out of it, so they didn't get swept, but. Shout out to the Nuggets for their first, very first uh, franchise NBA championship. Uh, next year is going to be really interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what goes on in the offseason. I'm excited about Wimby. I think uh, Chet Holmgren's going to come back. Uh, the league the league is getting mad lanky. So, uh, yeah, shout out to both teams, man, for putting on a, a, a great a great uh finals for us uh, overall it was a great it was a great playoff uh great playoff season man i uh i really enjoyed it it's nothing like uh nba playoffs and i'm looking forward to next season i gotta get to a couple more games and uh yeah so that's that's a wrap on yet another nba season and looking forward to another one um i saw this this belgian tiktoker faked his own death then showed up to the funeral in a helicopter. People are taking these pranks way too far. Now, according to this dude, he said that his family kind of grew apart and he really want he really wanted to see like who cared about him. He wanted to bring his family together. And I'm like, this is fucked up. So as I'm reading the article, I see that his immediate family was involved in the prank. Because when I first saw this, I was like, damn, this dude made his wife and kids think he was dead. That's that's crazy. Now, making your family think that you're dead is still pretty mean. But I think doing it to your wife and kids is even worse. And then this motherfucker shows up in a helicopter. That's crazy, man. 
Absolutely insane. Send me a text message. Send a group email. Hey, man, we should have dinner. You don't need to fake your death. Have me leave work. I don't even know what the Belgian work schedule is like. Do you got to take PTO? But you got motherfuckers taking days off, driving. Probably Somebody probably had to buy a suit or a pair of pants to come to your fake-ass funeral. I would have been pissed like, hey, man, I only had like a few hundred dollars in the bank, man. I went to a thrift store trying to find this shit and find out you're not even, you're not even dead. Well, you're about to be. And then they will have to have a real funeral because I'll be pissed if motherfucker do that shit to me. Uh, but it's just with social media, man, people just do some wild and crazy shit, man. People will do anything for likes to go viral. It is um, <laughs> testing his family's loyalty. That could have that went horribly wrong. That would have been crazy like he died and all of a sudden his best friends were trying to fuck his wife. He would have found out some shit he did not want to know at that point in time. So, yeah, just just be careful. Hey, uh, you know, <laughs> that would be fucked up. I guess it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter because he didn't do it to his family. But if he did it to his wife and kids and then, like, I'm sorry, your husband's dead. And, like, li- literally the next day she just moves in somebody else. Just some some guy that she's kind of mentioned, but oh, this dude's kind of been weird at the gym, and it's just like, wait a minute, you said I thought you said you don't like him. Now this motherfucker moving in already. I ain't been dead for two days, and you already moving my um my fucking clogs and shit. Do they work clogs in Belgium, or is that Holland? But yeah, that's uh, that's pretty wild, man. Pretty wild. Um. Look, this UFO shit is getting. This is yet another hard turn. This UFO shit is getting is getting crazier and quite cra- crazy, crazier. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw this, but this one dude came out. I, I pulled it up. No, I can't. This guy named um, his name is uh David Grush. He's a former Pentagon official who claims that uh, the U.S. has been hiding UFO or alien technology. Uh, this dude claims that we have over 10 crafts, some of the size of football fields. There are contracting companies that are keeping these uh, these crafts, these 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 uh, foreign space objects. Uh, well, he said uh, what did, he said something that was kind of weird. Actually, all this is kind of weird. Oh, this is what he was saying. He was saying that some of these um, some of these crafts might not necessarily be extraterrestrial, but it's coming from a, a higher plane of dimension and physical space that might be located here. So this motherfucker is talking about interdimensional shit. He's talking about multiverses, different dimensions. I mean, look, in the last couple of years, especially in the last year or so, they have really been ramping up all this UFO talk. Finally admitting, like, yeah, a lot of this shit's weird. We've been hiding this stuff. And I, I think it's kind of weird that, like, as our AI technology it has started to grow, that they're starting to, like, confess to more of this UFO, alien, we are not alone type uh, stuff. Now, I'm wondering, like, do these extraterrestrial beings or whatever they're, whoever they may be, are they sent to like, hey man, these these people are starting to stumble upon some shit? 
You know how we watch shit on YouTube? Like, I love to see a redneck who doesn't really know what Tannerite does. Y'all know the Tannerite shit, like the little stuff, the stuff that blows up. You, you can set it with your targets and you can shoot shit and it, and it blows up. Like, when you watch some redneck dude blow something up with Tannerite, you're like, he is way too close. That's a lot of Tannerite. And you're just watching people just hurt themselves. I think this is this may be the E.T. equivalent where they don't have to sit on the computer. They can go, yo, get over here. I'm in quadrant P389623B49. This planet is called Earth. Y'all need to get over here and see what the fuck these people are doing. They got this shit called Chat GPT, and it's about to blow up in their face. Maybe that's what they're here doing. Like, oh, my God, they have no idea what's about to happen. It's crazy how fast this shit's going. Just a few weeks ago, I watched that video, uh, The Trouble with Artificial Intelligence. Something was called, it was called something like that. The, oh, it was called The AI Dilemma. And they were just talking about how quickly this technology is advancing at ex exponential rates. Like the next 20, 30 years, can it take over? Can it do this? I just saw something on the news that said, hey, in the next 10 years, AI could cause the collapse of human civilization. I mean, just a few months ago, they were talking 30, 40, 50 years. Now I'm seeing 10 years. So, so maybe this AI shit is our Tannerite. And these aliens are like, I, I can't. They're standing there with their phone like, I can't wait to upload this. This is, this is going to go viral all over the universe. Watch these motherfuckers blow themselves up. This is about to be crazy. You, you, you don't know. Don't know. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think the world is going to get very, very interesting here in the next five years. I mean, the AI shit, UFOs, and I'm not saying it's going to be like falling skies, but it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, the, the, the world that, we, that we're going to be living in in the next 20 to 30 years. Uh, it, we are on the cusp of something very, very groundbreaking. And I, I got to see it. <laughs> I got to see it. I, I'm, I'm ready for a big shakeup. Could you imagine fucking aliens showing up? Could you imagine that shit? That would be crazy. What do y'all think? What do you think is going on with the AI, the aliens? What do you, the, the government admitting shit? What are y'all thinking? I, I just I think we're gonna be cyborgs here soon, or sex slaves for uh for these for these AI robots, and I think they're gonna a lot. You know what? I'm gonna have to do a whole episode on on all that type of shit, cause I got a lot of theories on that. Uh, next episode, I'm gonna go into my theories. White people, do you want to hear about replacement theory? I got a replacement theory for you. I'll talk about it next next week. They're gonna replace everybody. All right, a um, couple more things, and I'll get the fuck up out of here. Uh, shout out to Ryan Nezer for having me uh, at Cellar Door on, on Sunday. I had a great time. I took my young homie, uh, Taylor Knight, out there. This was his first little road gig. He did fine. He did like seven, eight minutes. He was super nervous. Uh, we had a good time. This motherfucker had to pee every 30 minutes. It's like, come on, man, it's a two-hour ride. You got you gotta, you got the bladder of an old lady. And then on the way back, he was so drunk and happy that he had a good set. He playing music. 
He motherfucking play music like a reggae DJ. He will let you get one verse and then on to the next one, on to the next one. He he might have played 30 seconds of each song. It's like, can I get into the groove of this song, motherfucker, or not? And to make it worse, I had a toothache, man, and nothing nothing is worse than a goddamn toothache, man. So the music is blaring. My head is, is just shaking. It's vibrating. My tooth is vibrating. I'm mad as shit. He loud as shit, drunk as shit. But it was it was fun. We had a great time, man. We had a good talk. Taylor School, man. But <laughs> he he was drunk, man. Um, we had a good time, man. I, I got to tell some stories about my grandmother. I really got personal. Uh, just I love how that feels, man. I, I love making people laugh, but I love telling, uh, working on these stories and really talking about my life. It's it's really helping me see where I want to go, uh, with my comedy, what I want it to look like. You know, I still want to do goofy and fun shit, but I really want to start really diving into my life and talking about uh, things that really mean something to me. I, I feel better uh, uh, when I come off stage. Um, so shout out to Ryan, uh, Cellar Door, Frederick, Maryland. Thank you for having me. Had a great time. Uh, and I, oh, all right. I'll say this and then get out of here. I got to slow down. I always feel like people don't want to listen to me. That's why I talk so fast. And I have to tell myself, hey, man, people are listening to your podcast because they want to listen to you. You don't need to rush. They're here to listen. All right. So I tweeted the other day or yesterday. I fucked around and took 300 milligrams of edibles and I'll never do it again. So here's the story. 300 milligrams of edibles. First of all, they were the little Rice Krispie treats. They came in a a package of 350 total milligrams, right? Little six little, yeah, six little cubes, Rice Krispie treats. So about 55 milligrams a piece. So I take two pretty early. It's about five or six o'clock. I, I take two, and look, I'm not an edibles person. I, I smoke a lot. I don't do edibles. I've heard horrible stories, and I always get nervous, and I go really, really slow. And I've been doing it slow for a while. So I was like, okay. So I eat two cubes, which is 100. I don't really feel anything after a while. So I decided to have another one. So I'm at 150. And I'm feeling okay, but I don't feel like I'm high. I don't feel like I'm on anything. I just feel pretty good. And now I'm like, okay, I got to make dinner. So I make dinner. I'm getting hungry. The food is smelling good. I'm in and out the pantry. I see the rice crispy treats. I go, hey, let me have another one. Boom, have another one. I'm at 200. So we have dinner. I'm feeling pretty good. I, I destroy my dinner. Obviously, I'm hungry. But I don't feel high. I don't feel high. I just feel good. It's after dinner. I don't have a few of these cubes. I got the the, the sugar is, is 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 calling me. I go, you know what? Let me just have a couple more. Boom, boom. Eat two more. Now that puts me at 300. Now it's probably, when I have that last one, it's probably like 9 o'clock. So from, I probably started like around 530. It's now 9, 930-ish. We're chilling. Don't judge me. We, we She wants to get caught up on Vanderpump rules, so I'm what we watching Vanderpump. We laughing. We having a good time. And then all of a sudden, it's just like my hearing gets weird. I'm, it's like uh, I'm hearing like high-pitched noises and shit. I'm like, hey, what the fuck is this? I'm starting to get a little warm. My mouth is starting to tingle a little bit. And I'm starting to feel... Uh, 
a little fuzzy, and I'm like, man, this shit's kicking in. And it just keeps, it keeps kicking in. And next thing you know, I am like, I'm kind of panicking. I'm like, and I have to tell myself, all right, man, you took a shit ton of these edibles, so just just know if you think you're having a heart attack or what, you're not. It's just, it's just the edibles, all right? It's just the edibles. And about 11 o'clock, man, that's when that shit really, really started to kick in. I, I really can't focus. Uh, my mind is just racing. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, how long is this going to last? Because it's, it's, it's at a point where you, I can tell, like, oh, this is really, this is kind of just the beginning. I can, you, I can just tell, like, this is going to ramp up. And it just so happens, this is around the same time my wife, she ready. It's just me and her, her here. We've been talking shit to each other all day. And she ready, right? <laughs> she she climbs on top of me. We laughing and giggling. She kissing my neck a little bit. And I lose it, man. I, I, I mess up a whole sexy moment. She touched my neck a certain way. And I just start laughing. And for like the next 20, 30 minutes, I cannot stop laughing. I'm laughing. I've never laughed this hard in my entire life. I'm apologizing to her. My, look, I had a I had a toothache. Like I have like an infection under my gum or something. And they put me on these um uh antibiotics and shit. So So man. And the the tooth is is aching a little bit. Cause I'm laughing, I'm open, I'm stretching my mouth open and my jaw's hurting. Hey, look, it was it was the weirdest juxtaposition because on the outside I look like I'm the happiest person in the world. I'm having a great time. I'm laughing uncontrollably. Like literally my mouth is hurting from laughing. It's hurting. I'm I'm I I don't want to laugh, but I I can't help it because it's <laughs> I'm stuck in this loop of like it's funny because my mouth hurts because I don't want to laugh. But I'm pissed off that I'm laughing. And me getting pissed and laughing more is making me more mad, but it's also making me laugh more, if that makes sense. So I'm stuck in this weird loop, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. This isn't even funny to me. It's not funny. I'm actually pretty pissed, but I'm laughing. I'm laughing the entire time. I just, like I said, I mess up this whole sexy moment, man. She goes to bed. I can't even, I can't even go to bed because I'm so fucked up. I can't go to bed. So I eventually I I just pass out on the couch. I'm just sitting here laughing and laughing and eventually I'm just I'm just out and I kinda come to on the couch and it's four in the morning. I go upstairs, I lay down, I wake up at seven, I gotta take my meds again. So I get up, I make myself a little something to eat, and I'm like, yo, I am I am fucked up. Like I am high as shit. I'm like, why do I feel this way? And I'm like, hey man. It's still those edibles. You took a lot of edibles. And that's when I looked at the package and I go, oh, my God, there's only one left in here. This whole box was 350. There's one. You had 300. So it's 730 in the morning. I'm cooking. I'm high as shit. I got to take this medication. Uh, I eat my breakfast. I go back to bed. I wake up around 930-ish. Still fucked up. I'm walking around high as shit until about 1 o'clock. When that finally wears off, man, but 
I never again. I it was I was I was fucked up for I mean almost I would say about twenty hours. <laughs> it was it was it was pretty wild. Thank God I didn't have any like uh panic attacks or anything like that. It worked out to be a, a, a funny thing, but man, my face hurt so bad. And I I messed up a very, very sexy moment for me and my wife on um, three hundred milligrams of edibles. There you go. Um, I'm at I'm at uh, room eight oh eight this weekend. Start tonight eight o'clock and Saturday eight o'clock. And next week I got a busy week. Host battle room eight oh eight Thursday through Saturday. I'm at the fun the funny bone Thursday through Saturday. I'm at the DC Improv in the lounge, and I'm also hosting the late shows eleven thirty shows at Hotbed Comedy Club in DC at eleven thirty on Friday and Saturday. So. Wednesday host battle, eight o'clock. Or is it seven thirty? Eight o'clock. Room eight oh eight host battle, me and Winston. Host battle eight oh eight. Room eight oh eight on Wednesday. Got it? Host battle. Room eight oh eight Wednesday. Me and Winston Hodges. Thursday through Saturday. I'm at the DC Improv in the lounge. My man Ian Laura is actually in the main room. So I might do a couple spots over there, but Thursday through Saturday. DC Improv, two shows. I'm guessing uh, seven and nine-ish. If you want tickets for those shows, go to dcimprov.com. And then after those shows, I'm at Hotbed Comedy Club in Adams Morgan in D.C. I'm hosting the late show. It's a free show, 1130. So if you're in the D.C. area, you want to see me, I'll be hosting the late show at Hotbed Comedy Club if you can't make it to the D.C. Improv or to um, Host Battle. So with that being said, there's a show, that's a show. I'm out. Peace.